What's going on, team? Welcome to episode 60 of the Keep Going podcast. Uh, athletes shining a light on mental health. Uh, this is your co-host, Luke Week, coming out of Charleston, South Carolina this week. I'm joined here by Pat O'Malley, Jackie Tripp, and Noah Galloway. Pat, where are we coming out of, buddy? I'm right next to a cooler and a microwave um, in my facility out here in Roscoe, Illinois. Um, I'm in a baseball facility. I help out with lessons and speed and agility and training. So, Got some softball girls coming in. We're going to get after it today, but super excited to be here. Super excited to have Noah here. It's going to be a great episode. Jackie, how about you? Uh, I'm in no facility today, but I'm home right now. I'm in Plymouth, so coming out of Massachusetts. Love it. Love it. Boston, Mass. And we know there's been some Belichick news this week. How are we feeling out there? We're all right. I was kind of, I kind of, I'm like looking for a rebuild. So out with the old and with the new. We'll see. Kind of, My childhood like ended this week, but I'm doing better now. Is be a part of the rebuild or what? Uh, in some way, shape, or form. But I also could see him like starting fresh with a new program. We'll see. Well, okay. from all the Jackie drops, I think we should just make her the HC and, and just call it a day. I think. It'd be- <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I could do much for the Patriots, but if Jackie took over, I'd be like the ball boy or the equipment manager or something. <laughs> probably or QB. We would figure it out. Uh, I but beyond, beyond popular belief, we're going to talk about something besides the Patriots today. The lucky for our audience today. So I got to introduce Noah. And what we do every week is we talk about the mental health side of things, right? So before we go into anything, talk about when things are going well, things are going good. What do you do for your mental health? What do I do? Yes, sir. Well, well you know, I, you know, mental health has been huge for me. I, you know, I, it's hard to say what I do immediately. I will tell you that 2023 and going into 2024 now, I have been on this huge mental health journey. I, you know, I was injured 18 years ago in the military, lost my arm and leg. I've, I've had a lot of trauma in my life, but I've never really dealt with it. I thought I did mental health like 15 years ago, and now I'm realizing I've not even touched on it. So, I mean, I know you asked the question, what do I do initially? Uh, I'm still working on figuring that out. That's my answer. And I will continue to be working on that and figuring that out for the rest of my life. Man, I love that. Forever growing, forever understanding that, like, it's a work in progress. Luke, what do you got? A hundred percent. I think a lot of people uh, find themselves in your shoes um, on the mental health side of things, Noah. They may not have dealt with the, the amount of trauma you have or, or the experiences you've had in the past, but they see um, that first step is always difficult um, to get into a new uh, field, a new mindset, um, 100%. And, and I even find it that, you know, you got to try 10 or 15 things before you find one thing that works. So it, it's, you know, it's hitting all the little things and seeing what sticks for me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Go ahead, Jay. I like that. And I think, too, we talk about how, wellness and mental health has really come to the forefront of our society in the past few years, which is a good thing. But sometimes I touch on the fact that it's so all in front of us that we can easily go online and see what all these celebrities and public figures are doing for their mental health. So it's like, you got to step back and pinpoint, like, what should I do to benefit myself right now type thing? Right. Right. No, I definitely agree. Definitely agree. And no, I, I, this is a testament to you, man, and your strength and your courage and what you've gone through. You just passed over that you lost two limbs. Like, <laughs> like, like you were having a casual conversation. So talk about your intro, talk about what's going on and how that happened. If you don't mind, if you don't mind going into it. Yeah, no, I don't mind at all. <clears throat> so I am here in Alabama. This is where I grew up. I grew up in Birmingham, 
you know, was that teenage kid that didn't have a lot of direction, ended up in college. Uh, my first semester was when 9-11 happened, went right in the military, <clears throat> excuse me, went in, served, you know, the invasion of Iraq in 2003, went back in 2005, was hit by a roadside bomb. I woke up six days after it happened in a hospital, unaware of what had happened. And it was, ended up finding out I lost my left arm above the elbow, my left leg above the knee, had injuries to my right leg, my right hand, my jaw was shattered, my mouth was wired shut. So as you can imagine, there was a lot of information to take in. And I dealt with that in the only way that I knew how, but the way I was raised by just sweeping it under the rug acting like, you know, I'm just going to keep moving forward as is. And that, of course, does not work. And it took me a while to realize that that was hurting me, me more than it could ever help me. Now, I did get into fitness and started doing things, started running ultra course races, marathons, mountain climbing. I got into everything that I felt like I shouldn't be doing missing an arm and a leg. And that, of course, has gained me some attention. So it's been really good because, like you mentioned, yeah, there are, celebrities out there that are sharing what they're going through and and jackie said it perfectly like they're doing their thing but we have to figure out what works for us i on my social media started sharing open and honestly about things i've experimented with from psilocybin to brain brain spotting emdr microcurrent neurofeedback i'm doing it and sharing it on my social media with the intent that i'm showing people what's working for me and I hope one of these things works for you because it's not all going to work for all of us. We're yeah. cooking, Luke. We're cooking early, baby. Go ahead. And I think kind of to touch on Jackie's point before we talk about um, all the other stuff, right? Like when you see the celebrities and you're on social media all the time and you see all the great stuff people are doing, it, it can be like, why am I not there yet? Why am I not there yet? Well, you know, celebrities have an unbelievable amount of resources, right? And an unbelievable amount of money to, to back themselves. Um, and that, that's kind of the tough part is, is when you're kind of low man on the totem pole and, and you know, you're middle class or lower class, you know, that can be a little bit tougher to handle that situation and, and find a bunch of different resources to help you out. So it, it's finding the one that works for you. And I, I love that you're sharing your story on there. No, it's going to help out quite a few people. Oh, I appreciate you saying that. Look, you know, I, you know, saying that one of the things that I think is a really big problem for, you know, the, the lower income is hard to find therapist. You know, and it's it's because, you know, again, Jackie said it this past couple of years. Yeah, like we've it's become more aware. I the downside I know locally, especially with my kids, getting them into therapy, it's hard to do a good and a bad. The good thing is a lot of people are going to therapy and mental health. The downside is we don't have enough therapists. We don't have yeah. enough counselors. So that's been the struggle. I know in the area that I'm in. And you're so right. That's a, a little personal background for me. I'm a teacher. Um, so, you know, full-time job, fully employed, insurance, everything. And to get therapy out of pocket for me was about 250 bucks a month, you know, and that, that, that's a chunk out of my paycheck. That's about 10% of the 15, you know, that's, that's a chunk. Um, yeah. so it's, it's not easy and you gotta, you're sacrificing for it for sure. For sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I've been, I'm sorry. I don't want to keep interrupting, but like, I've been very fortunate. The area I'm in, I had a guy reach out to me <clears throat> that has this nonprofit that is doing all this mental health work and it's on a sliding scale. So I, Oh, everyone I know I've been pushing towards him. You know, I I'm so into mental health. Like I, I was telling somebody the day I talk about it constantly. So now my friends have either accepted it and have started doing their own mental health or they've just, 
quit coming around. They're like, no one keeps talking about mental health. <laughs> Man, I've never related to something more in my entire life. Um, I, I, I'm in the point of my life, I think these two can speak to it as well. Like, we're out at bars. I think Jackie told us a story the other couple months ago. Like, we're out at bars and people are all drunk, stumbling up to us like, you're the mental health guy. Like, Jackie, listen yeah. to your Jackie, we listened to your episode. Like, you were great. What? So, like, we get it, like, completely. Go ahead, Luke. No, I think, um, you know, kind of touching back on your story, um, and, and me and you probably had pretty similar upbringings, I would say. Um, you know, in the South and in Appalachia, it's a sweep it under the rug type mentality, right? Yep. Um, and it works for a little bit, or works is maybe not. The, it covers it up for a little bit. <laughs> but if, going to come around and knock that rug loose and, it, and it's all going to spill out um and, and that's something i'm pretty um passionate about is is trying to for my generation specifically and my friends that i know grew up like me is working into those conversations with them and, and taking those baby steps just to kind of share my story with them um to get them more acclimated and more open to the topic so so that's is that something that you do with your friends and i'm sure you have a, a bunch of buddies that grew up like you around as well oh. Oh, all the time. You know, I'll tell you what's been huge for me. You know, I have always, you know, and it, I've been brutally honest about admitting faults in myself. I, you know, I, I can have anger. Like I've dealt with anger driving, you know, all that stuff. And yeah. now that I've started to acknowledge things and see things now, when someone gets, someone could get mad directly at me, which in the past I would have thought this is a, like, I have to defend myself. This is an insult. Now I view it as, oh, this poor person, what are they going through? What have they dealt with? Are they dealing with it yet? You know, because I'm seeing that every time I got mad was actually not even caused by this other person. It was me not dealing with my own stuff, my own crap. And now that I'm doing it, I don't feel that anger towards other people that I was expressing. Yeah, that that for me, it was breathing techniques, right? Like, it, oh. man, if I didn't. If I didn't find that a couple of years ago, like uh, I think it's about a year ago now, but like you said, just driving or something like that, you feel yourself getting fired up. Just go back to the breathing technique a little bit, calm down. That's kind of one of the things that I do in those situations for sure. Pat, what do you got? Like, Luke, I'm with you. I, I talk about Rich Jurgen pretty much every episode, but like in this episode, especially it's response over reaction, right? You can sit there, man, I'm with you, man. I come to my facility today. My key gets locked in the door. It's negative 12 out here. I can't get in the facility. My hand's going to fall off. I'm like, all right, you can either just start kicking that thing in anger or <laughs> really think about how I'm going to get this key out of the door and how I'm going to get in and help the youth today, right? And we get some hot water. We start jiggling a little bit. We respond, right? But it's so often that we want to react. And it's because we have insecurities and problems with what we're going on and what we're working through. So just kind of want to point that out. Jackie, how about you? I was going to, my question that Luke kind of touched on was obviously your mental health journey probably goes back obviously like over 18 years, but within, you said within the past year or two, you got really into mental health. Was there anything that sparked that? Like how did that journey kind of soar over the past two years more so than the past 18? I, you know, I, I wholeheartedly credit it to my wife, Amanda. We got married during COVID. I'd met her years ago. I met her in New York. She was on her way going to LA to run some yoga studios out there. She's always been in that world, you know, breath work, all those things. Of course, I'm from Alabama. 
So I'm like, my, you know, what is all that crap? <laughs> you know, so I'm, you know, but she's an amazing woman. So we get married and it immediately changes. I have custody of my kids. I have three older kids. And now my wife and I have a one-year-old, but her world, basically what I saw was the way I grew up wasn't the way it's supposed to be. You know, she was raised in a loving family that was nurturing and supportive and I didn't get that experience. And some of you may can look back on your childhood and, you know, no blame on my parents. They came from a rough place, but it's affected me and how I react to things. And she has helped me see that. And I realized I can't be a jerk and keep this amazing woman. So I knew I had to make this work to improve. And I told her the other day, you don't change for people, but the good thing is there are people out there that will motivate us to want to be better. And she is wholeheartedly one of those people that I want to improve for her, for her and for the children. Run that back, baby. Go ahead. Hey, behind every good man's a great woman. That's kind of something that we've shouted out, you know, five or six times. Um, that's why I'm in Charleston uh, this week. It is to see my woman out here, uh, Spencer Ann. Shout out to Spencer Ann. She's getting her PT. Um, she's about done. Been three years of, of a grind at school, but you know, that's, you do it Luke, for the love Luke, and do it for 2024, 2024, you got to shout out Spence more on the pod. That's my <laughs> my resolution for you because she's a rock star, man. Like these girls yeah. dealing with guys like us, this is a different story. It's a different story. Yeah. Yeah, how about you? Uh, no, I was thinking you mentioned your kids um, like the very end of your book. I have your book right here, and I was flipping through where I'd underlined earlier because you weren't married to Amanda when you wrote the book, but you wrote at the very end of the book like – I'm now dedicated to living my life to being a father. Like how can I sort of take everything I learned from this and I'm still learning and do what's best for my kids. And so I don't know if you want to touch on your kids because that just reminded me of that part of the book. Yeah. So I have four kids now. My oldest will be 19 this month. He is in basic training right now for the Coast wow. Guard. He's Woo! super excited. He is a wow. young me. Shout him which out, is a, my boy. Shout him out. He is my oldest son, Colston, is so much like me, which is good and bad. That's like when he graduated <laughs> high school, he was still working at Chick-fil-A, talked about the Coast Guard, but kept putting it off. And like an entire year almost went by. And I thought, oh, what's going to happen? I didn't know if he was ever going to move out. I was prepared for eventually a wife and the kids to be living with him in our house. My yeah. wife was like, she said, well, do we make him go get like a hard manual labor job? I was like, no. He's so much like me, he will love it. He'll think, this is it. This is what I want to do the rest of my life. So I didn't push him. I told him, I said, look, buddy, I'm not going to push you into things, but let's look at the possibility and if you would like this. And he ended up falling in love with the idea of doing law enforcement, maritime enforcement for the Coast Guard. And then they offered him $20,000 to come in before Christmas. And there he went. So yep. I'm super excited for him. Okay, that's the one. Then I have my son, Jack, who's in 10th grade. He's going to graduate next year early, knocking out college already. He wants to be a doctor. My daughter, Ryan, she's in 8th grade. Then I have my son, Matthew, who's 14 months old. And all my children, they are – when I was struggling with my depression – my older kids were young and they were my motivation to be better. Cause I realized that I was the example. I was setting the standard and I needed to make sure that my kids realized what was acceptable. And so I knew I had to make changes and I, you know, always made mistakes after that, but my kids were my motivation to get over those. Like, cause we screw up. 
we all screw up that good, bad things are going to happen to us throughout our life. But when those things would happen, it's my kids that motivate me to be better. And it's a reminder all the time that they're watching me. So everything I do is important, not just when I'm on social media or doing a podcast, when I'm out and about, they're watching, they're learning from me. And I want to make sure that they learn to just be the best humans they can be. And I've learned that as a teacher, how much they're just, kids are watching adults more than you think. Um, and, and a lot of their habits come from the adults in their lives. And, and it's crazy to see like a 12 year old go to 16, like see that journey, see how much they become a little bit more like their parents every day and stuff. Yep. Like, I want to touch on something and this is not, you know, doesn't have to diverge into this, but like seeing that different way your wife was brought up, it, it can bring up weird feelings. Cause you're like, man, that seems like the right way. But, but <laughs> why did I get that? Like, that's weird. You're like, I don't know yeah. if I, makes you uncomfortable almost that it's so accepting and so like um i don't don't know exactly what the word is i'm looking for but yeah i kind of had some similar um feelings as well whenever i'd seen other kids be raised as too as well so that's that's pretty interesting you touched on that earlier well you saying that my older sister and i uh we talk i have three sisters we're all pretty we're all really close um because we've dealt with a lot of trauma together so it's brought us closer and that's one thing me and my sister have talked about because her husband was brought up in what we refer to as a normal household. You know what I mean? (laughs) So we've had to learn from them, you know, and that's critical. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? And and when I say that again, look, I have, my parents are still around. Um, You know, there's some give and take on our relationship, but look, my mother grew up, my, my grandfather was a hard man. You know what I mean? And my grandmother was not attached. So my mom just took what she learned. My dad, same thing. So what I'm intending to do is to not just turn towards my parents and say, you screwed this up. No, I'm dealing with that in a whole nother way. But more importantly, I'm turning towards my kids and saying, okay, I'm taking what I can learn on what's good and what's bad and trying to pass that on to you. So I am just like, you know, you try to break that generational gap. That's that. it, man. That's it. And there's so much power in taking the good, the bad, the indifferent and making it your own. Yes. Because oh, you're not going to be your mom. You're not going to be your dad. You're not going to be your wife. You're not going to be a full focus presence for your kids all the time. But you can be yourself with what you've taken from other people. And I think you've done that. I think it's it's inspiring how other people have inspired you to set the expectation, set the bar even higher year by year, man. It's amazing. Love it. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you introduced yourself, you didn't even mention that you were an author. And if I wrote a book, <laughs> I'd tell every person I could. So, so kind of walk us through the process of writing your book and how that came about, man. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny when the book came out, it's been a couple of years since the book came out, but even when it came out, I had a team and I was doing a lot of public speaking, things like that. And interviews, big interviews, you know, uh, you know, whatever, USA Today, things like that, whatever. But I would never bring up my book. And they're like, well, I was like, I don't know. I don't want to feel like a salesman. But then also yeah. when the book came out, in the book, I got there's my childhood, there's military, there's me being on Dancing with the Stars. But the, the meat of the book, I talk about my depression and struggles and mistakes. There's an entire chapter dedicated to me spending 10 days in the county jail. You know, it talks about how I got there, everything. So the book, when it came out, 
I was nervous that people were going to hate it because I went on Dancing with the Stars, did all 10 weeks, came in third, and I was loved by people. They just, I wasn't this amazing dancer. I just was this Southern gentleman that they fell in love with. And I was afraid that when they read my book, they would see this other side of me. But thankfully, it has had a, it's had a huge positive impact on several people that have reached out to me, not just veterans, not just people with disabilities, but people who have struggled with depression or known someone who has struggled with it. Cause I'm very open about my struggle. I want to do another book to talk about what I'm doing now with mental health. Cause I'm a true yeah. believer that if you have a story and you're willing to share it, do that because there are other people out there just like me that have experienced similar things to me, but they aren't comfortable sharing that. And that's okay. You're an introvert. I'm an extrovert. I want to share. And if someone out there that's listening to this has a story and they're comfortable sharing it, I would encourage them to share it because you never know the impact that makes on someone else's life that thinks they're alone. Hey, man. Yeah. I'm going to kick it to Jackie, but I got to tell you, man, I understand why they loved you on that show. <laughs> like, to talk to you the last 20 minutes, man, I'm like, dude, give me the second book in hand right now. Let's get right and Noah gets it right. Let's go, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone listening, I read the book. Pat and Luke will will read the book eventually, but there are a lot of obviously self-help books out there and military stories and athletes with injuries so when i read this book i kind of honestly expected it wasn't what i expected but in the best way possible because i sort of expected the first few chapters Noah would touch on his childhood in um the incident in the army and his injury and then i kind of thought the rest of the book was going to be like this like motivation like all right and then everything got better and i started working out and here i am because that's just like what i expected based on other books i read it was absolutely not that like it was just so real because there were so many ups and downs. You have the injury. Then you have encounter issues with drinking. Then you go through all these relationships. Then you have a kid and then you have ups and downs. And it was just so perfect. Obviously not what happened to you is perfect, but the way that you were able to articulate your story and just be so honest was so refreshing for me to hear because it's like, I just kind of expected it to be this, like, like those motivational videos you look up on YouTube and it's just 15 minutes of like, get up out of bed and go on a run. But it was, so much more than that and people need to hear that because you just went so deep into like i still struggle it wasn't just i had my injury i did a um a tough mutter and then everything was sunshine and rainbows like <laughs> yeah. there were so many ups and downs and i want to read this quote from the book that was sort of in the end of the book that you wrote and it goes i learned how to be successful in life as myself i spent so much time with a mask on i hid my emotions and depression behind that mask i hid my insecurities behind that mask I hid who I was. I'm no longer trying to portray something or someone I am not. If I do something wrong, I apologize as quickly as possible. I've also learned that emotions are okay. All my life, I felt I had to hide them, and I still don't wear them on my sleeve. I'm just cautious as to when I let them out and with whom I share them. But I'm fine with expressing them, and I'm not ashamed to tell you that I do cry at commercials sometimes. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> you know, Jackie, I, I love that you shared that. Um, because I, I, you know, I remember all that. And what's really interesting is now I look back and see that I was in the attempt. I knew what needed to happen where I needed to be, but it wasn't happening to the point that it is now. 
Uh, and that's like, you know, like when I said earlier, like it never ends, you know, I, the example is just like fitness. You don't have one great workout and we're like, well, that's it. I'm good. I'm, I'm as fit as I'm going to be is <laughs> a continuation. And I got, you know, I asked another reason why I want to do another book is because there's so much, I came across an interview that I did about six years ago with the, it was a big, you know, a big interview. I forgot who it was, but, um, I was, I came across it and I figured out how to extract videos on YouTube and I was going to make some videos out of it. And I realized that as I watched through this hour long video, that everything I talked about, I understood where I was coming from when I said it, but I view it so differently now, you know, because yeah. I've evolved to so much more. And I think that even like the uh, comment that I, the, in the quote, where I mentioned, I still cry at commercials. I remember as those emotions started coming, it would, commercials would hit me. And then over time, I started suppressing it again. And now I'm trying to bring it all back out again. Because yeah. what I found is, you know, I mentioned my anger. If you don't let that emotion come out the way it needs to, if it's sadness or, or fear or whatever it is, it will come out as anger. And that is what I found. And that is something that I have really worked on trying to do. I grew up in a family that crying wasn't acceptable and crying is a natural human emotion. So yes, it is acceptable. And I am now trying like my body fights it. You know, I, my whole body will tighten up and I'm working on that because I know how important it is for my mental health. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, you know, it, you got to be able to accept the emotions and the reactions that come with them. Um, I love that you're working on it. And man, it, it's so interesting. I think about, um, you know, in, a, in the, from the teaching or coaching perspective, like when I started coaching, it's 2024. 20, so about, about 2019. So about five or six years of coaching. And man, in college, I was a put my nose down and work hard uh, kind of player, right? I wasn't the starter. Um, but I knew if I got my time, I was going to do well, blah, 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 because I, I put the reps in. And so when I started coaching, I was like, you just go to work, you you do the work because you have to do the work, and, and that's why you do it. Um, and I guess I was innately a team guy. And then whenever I started working with other coaches, they were like, well, we need to do some team building activities. We need to do some, you know, we're not even going to touch the soccer ball today. We need to do this. And I was like, why aren't we working on, we got to work on like two touch passing. We got to work on this. Like there's so many things that we haven't worked on. I was freaking out. And yeah. at the end of the day, he was like, this is a team sport. Like we have to be able um, to trust each other and be able to confide in each other. And that that's going to solve more issues than any drill could or anything. So it's pretty interesting then that you brought that up as well. That's uh, that's something that that kind of reminded me of. No doubt. No doubt. And no, I, I just got to be honest with you, man. I, I followed you on socials. I'm a new follower. Like I'm a, I'm yeah. a very we do our homework here. But I'm a new follower. And the way that you operate your day-to-day, man, it's boom, boom, boom. Like everything is going, going, going. If you have someone listening today that hasn't started, they're starting at square one, what would you tell them to kind of start this journey the way you've excelled? Well, I, you know, the way I would start this, if I were to do everything again, I would uh, constantly be learning to improve. When I first started getting attention, I made a lot of mistakes financially, things like that, because I didn't know any better. Yeah. And so it's taken me time to learn. And thankfully, I'm in a place where, you know, I didn't, 
I made sure everything that I wasted my money on, I paid for with cash. You know, I had no debt. So that was the only <laughs> smart thing I did. There uh, you go. <laughs> but, but the education and the learning and the taking my time, I think that too often we, we're in this world where everyone's like, you got to get it. You got to be up at 3 a.m. You got to be going nonstop. You will run yourself down. Um, when I look back into when I was hard charging, doing, I did a 58 hour death race. I was doing, I was not, I was not coping with what was going on internally. That was me trying to escape reality. Um, it benefited in the long run, but I could have done it in a smarter way. For example, I got a lot of attention running obstacle course races, things like that, missing arm or leg. Well, these things aren't designed to be done missing arm or leg. And I was doing them so frequently, it was breaking my body down. Now I'm 42. I'm, you know, one of the faces of F45, which is a gym in 70 countries. And I'm super pumped about it. But I have to realize, look, I want to be my best, not just today, but when I'm 60, when I'm 70. And in order to do that, y'all know how it is when you're young. You're like, nothing's going to stop me. <laughs> but you have to start pacing yourself. And I say that in success and fitness and everything pace yourself because Love guess it. what even those of us that are sharing that we're on the go all the time on social media guess what you don't see when i'm lounging around on the couch watching bob's burgers you know what i mean like <laughs> hey that that is a real thing that i do you know hey, what you I mean? and we, yes and people i would encourage people to realize hey you gotta just as active as you are you gotta have your rest so keep that in mind don't overdo Love it, it. i love that and that's you know i'm I got to shout you out here, Noah, because I've listened to interviews with, um, you know, super famous people with celebrities where they're, they're attached to a program or they're attached to a company. And it's the only thing they talk about. Um, you just brought up F45 and I, I do want to give you the chance to talk about that and what it's meant to you um, over the last, how long have you been sponsored by them? But, you know, I, I know you're not a salesman by trade. I mean, I really appreciate that about you, but talk about F45 a little bit and what it's done for you. Well, I'm glad you let me pray. Like it's, it's become, I'm overly posting about it because I'm so excited about it. It's not just F45. Look, I love fitness and my goal in life, I want to bring more and more people into the fitness and health and wellness world. Y'all know how it is when you're mental health, your physical health, everything. I tell people, look, we're no different than any other cult. We're happy and we want everyone <laughs> else to be happy with us. That's right. So, I did cross yeah. that for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all relative. I am just like, I, I love the way F45 set up. It's a high intensity interval train inter interval training and it's, circuit classes you have your coaches and everything and i am also using it not just because i love it but because i'm using it as another tool to try to push the message of health and wellness and that fitness is for anyone that it is inclusive that even me missing arm and a leg can actually i had a coach from an f45 in another state reach out to me they have a member that's missing his arm and he's debating whether he should quit fitness or not i'm like put him in contact with me we're going to work yeah. through this i don't care if he does f45 or not i want this guy to see that yes you can still exercise but you know f45 is functional fitness in 45 minutes i am happy to be part of this brand i um i created the position that i have i went to the ceo and said you're going to pay me to go work out at all of your locations because when a guy missing arm and leg pushes himself, guess what? 
everyone in the class class pushes themselves and it yeah. shows those who aren't in fitness yet that it's inclusive and anyone can do it so it wasn't just about the brand i wanted to be part of something that is powerful that is successful and that is encouraging people to take care of themselves because we all that. deserve to be healthy and happy and you know going to a class like that look fitness is hard you're not going to just be able to walk into a gym and know what you're doing if you've never done it. And as someone who does enjoy fitness, sometimes it's nice to have someone else design those workouts for you. So that's where it falls into place. And thank you for letting me share that because I am proud yeah. of this partnership that I have with them. It is a, a program that I feel like my entire life has led to. I got into fitness when I was like 10, 11 years old. It was yeah. my, my escape from what I was in. And so it's always been my go-to when I got injured. I went to fitness. Everything has drawn me back to fitness. And so that is passionate, just like mental health. And I want to share that with as many people as I can. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, it, it's amazing having somebody else design a workout for you. I'll tell you that. That, that, <laughs> yeah. that was a, that's the main requirement for me. Jackie, what do you got? <laughs> I, got a, I have a few things to touch on here. Number one is that I think a common theme in this episode has definitely been community because we talk about that in fitness, like, you're using your story and fitness as a way to sort of create communities for other people. It seems like your family is a community. So I just wanted to put the word community out there because I think that's mm -hmm. behind a lot of things with all of us and within your story. Second thing is that like Luke said on the respect level, I've followed you for probably six months now. And I notice a lot of the people I follow that are public figures on Instagram. It's like half of their posts are like about them and half of them are like, their brand deals. And with you, I noticed the only thing that you really represent is F45. So I was glad you got to touch on it. And I like that you really only like pursue things that you're actually passionate about, because I feel like there's a lot of authenticity there. And then the quote that's come to mind, that's resonating with everything you're saying today is um, be consistently good, not occasionally great. I think that's what people mm. need to strive for. And I think that that's what your message is going to send our listeners today. Mm, I yeah. love that. Now, that's like I always tell my kids: I don't expect you to be the best, but always give me your best. And I feel like that falls very well into that quote as well. I'm glad you shared that, Jackie. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And Jackie, I think it's only right that you ask him the question that we ask our guests every week. Um, I think it's long overdue <laughs> to ask somebody that. So go ahead. Yeah. All right, Noah. So you've shared a lot of your story today, and a lot of trials, tribulations. But if and you can have more than one answer to this. It can be as broad as you want or as particular. But what would you say that your keep going moment was? My keep going moment. You know what? I'm going to share. Okay. So I'd mentioned my children being my motivation. I was at a point in my life where I was unhappy with my life, the way I looked. I remember standing and looking in the full length mirror at my body and the left side is injured. It looks horrible. I'd let my fitness go. I wasn't taking care of myself. The other side looked bad and I just was miserable and unhappy. And I walked into the living room and my three kids are sitting on the couch watching cartoons. And I realized to my two boys, I'm showing them what a man is and that's what they're going to become one day. And to my little girl, I'm showing her how a man's supposed to act. And that's what she's going to look for one day. And who I was wanted anybody I wanted my boys to be or my little girl to look for. So I knew I had to make a change. So when I say that my kids have been my motivation and I still screwed up, yes, I would think about my kids and they have always helped me through. They'll never know. They will never know what they have done for me. 
because they are a constant reminder of what I need to be doing, you know, and, and just like from dealing with my oldest son who just moved out and, you know, I'm like, can't wait for him to graduate. I'm like, we're all going to where you're going to help you settle in to all the way down to my one-year-old, my life, I will always be their parents. And I will always be trying to set the standard because even when they, I told my kids the other day, when they're 40, I want to still be someone they can turn to and hope that I am doing the right thing and showing them what's needed to be done. So the things that get me through those moments to answer that question has been and will always be my children, my family. That is my heart. That is my everything. And I always tell people there's that cliche saying, find your why. Well, that comes from finding something that's more important, more it's, it's stronger than your fears. We in life, hit obstacles and it scares us, it stops us. But when we have something stronger than our fears, we find a way to go over, around, under, or through that obstacle. And that's what's important. That's what drives me, being the best father and example I can be for my children. Amazing. To quote the infamous Luke Wheat, when you feel that feeling in your chest, man, you know you're doing it for the right reason. And then like, I remember when Luke said that it was one of our first couple episodes, that feeling of like why you're doing it. I've never seen a man, a Southern man, I might add, <laughs> with a smile on his face, make someone want to run through a wall. Like I want to do right now. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I I'm assuming one day Pat, Pat's going to have a hole in his wall one day. He, Cause he's actually going to get <laughs> he it. About it. I believe yeah. it. He's building, <laughs> up, he's building up the courage to do it. Yeah, I don't think I truly understood that quote from Luke. This had to be, this was over a year ago when he said that on an episode. I don't think I fully understood that till today. Mm. Like, that's amazing, man. You should be so proud of who you are and what you represent for your kids. And you know oh, what? I, I'm going to, I'm going to combat you on one thing. I think your kids will realize it one day when they're learning from you and they're realizing, wow, my dad did this and now I'm doing this. Like, it's amazing. Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. Noah, um, we appreciate you taking the time. I got a couple more questions um, before we let you go here. But, you know, I want to give you a chance to talk to the people that are in your situation. They've experienced a significant trauma, significant bodily injury. Um, I know that F45 is one of the ways that you're letting um, people know that they can do um, workouts still. They can't, but, but what's a baby step for them to take if Mental they health. just got to get off the couch, right? Mental if they're, health. they're worried about it, what do you got to tell those people? Yeah. Mental health, hands down. If you're not taking care of yourself, you can't do anything for anyone else. And I, and I and here's another thing, talking about taking care of yourself. I think back to moments like, you know, how you ever talk to someone who smokes cigarettes? And you're like, you know, you should quit that. And they're like, well, you got to die of something. And I, I love <laughs> to tell those people, whatever, whatever the situation is, I always say, yeah, but what if you don't immediately die? What if it doesn't kill you? What if it just puts you in a very poor state of health? And your family has to quit what they're doing to take care of you. I don't care who you are. Most people don't want, even if you're the biggest jerk in the planet, you don't want to think you're a burden to anyone else. That gets people. So I always bring up to people like yeah, those moments of what if you end up in a situation where people have to, and that happens sometimes. That's, you know, neither here nor there, but yeah, it can if be you lie. caused yeah. it, if you caused it, well, with that being said, it's like, Oh, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Uh, you're good. You're um, good. Yeah, you have, you have to take care of yourself. You know, just like the mental health. If you're not taking care of you first, you have nothing to offer anyone else. 
You know, I see it a lot of, you know, a lot of times you see it in parents that they would give everything, everything, everything to their kid, their heart's in the right place, but they're not taking care of them. And so then it wears them down and you have to make sure you're, it's not selfish. It's making sure you are strong and capable to take care of. So you see it a lot in the, in the health, uh, in uh, the medical professions, you know, doctors, nurses, they can take care of us. They don't do well taking care of themselves. And a lot of them, I think, can agree on that. And that is where we have to focus on. Again, it's not selfish. It's taking care of yourself so you can take care of others. That's it, man. And I think that's that quote, man. That's an amazing point. I was, I got caught listening again. Find something that you love and let it kill you is a cop-out. The reason that quote is such a great quote is, you talk about your kids, you talk about your wife, you talk about your career and your gym and your passions. That's what's going to end your life when it's time. Those things, not the, the vices that we touched on, the cigarettes, the alcohol, which you've, you've went through and we've had several connections to this pod with that. Like, that's not what that quote means. It's the everyday for the people that you care about. That's finding something that you love and letting it kill you. I love that you brought that up. That was fantastic. Yeah. For sure. And um, Noah, thank you so much for coming on, man. Jackie, Pat, we have any final questions for our man before he before he heads out? You know I got one. And this is something that we've tried to do better over the last, like, 10 episodes. I let 50 people, Noah, walk out the door without ever asking them how we could help them. Like, mm. I can't did that on a mental health podcast. So for you today, you've helped us so much, not only for our listeners, our audience, our following, but, like, us personally. How can we help you, man? What can we do to help you and what you're trying to achieve and your message you're trying to spread? Well, one, thank you, Pat, for asking that question. You know, I feel like we we should all be better at asking other people what we can do for them. Uh, so that alone means a lot. I hope you continue to do that. Uh, allowing me to come on this podcast with y'all and share my story has done just that. You, you brought up my book, Live With No Excuses. I'm on social media. Uh, if people want to follow me, I'm there. But just allow me to come on and share this. This is one of those things that get being able to sit down with the three of you and discuss mental health and know that I'm talking with three people with that. I don't even know, but I can tell we have a lot in common and agree on the same things. That has just filled my cup. I am ready to just continue to take on my day because the three of you have made it so enjoyable. So that is, you've already done it. Thank you, Thank Pat. Thank you, man. Oh, man. That's, fill the that's, cup. I knew somebody, yeah, I knew somebody had to shout out filling up the cup. We've shouted that out <laughs> a million times on the podcast. I'm glad we, we checked that off the bingo card today. Glad we checked that one off. This goes without saying, I'll let Jackie wrap us up because she, she obviously coordinated this and did an amazing job. Oh, she made it happen. I was here to talk to Jackie. I don't know who y'all are. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know hey, you'd be better off for it. You'd be wicked, <laughs> especially Luke. You're so great. Just talk. Like you're so great. And I think this is an episode for her going forward too. Like completely off topic. That's an amazing opportunity for her. But what I was going to ask was going forward, Noah. If you want to collab on the pod when we get it out today, let us know. Any way that we can get thousands of athletes to know about you, man, I think it's an absolute win. Jackie, go ahead. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I just, no, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for your service to our country. I want to shout out your family one more time. Thinking I'm getting the names right. Your wife's Amanda, and then there's Jack, 
Ryan Colston, and is it Matthew? Yep, you know right. it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Shout them out. I hope I hope the older ones are able to listen. And I hope that this was a reminder too that um, you know, no the title of the book is Living with No Excuses, you know, take one step at a time. And I think our listeners, you're you've already impacted the host today. I know that our listeners, I know that my people are gonna get a lot out of this episode. And I know I'm gonna have a lot of people texting me to ask to borrow that book, but they can't because I wrote in the whole thing and underlined it. They're not part of their own. Thank you I don't again. make any money if y'all keep passing them out. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Noah, though. Thank you. Thank you very much. I was impacted by our story. And again, thank you for your service. Absolutely. You. Absolutely. Noah, that book is in my my bookshelf. Like you have no idea right after this call, man. And uh, hey, I did my own audiobook if you like audiobooks. No and way. I need some more Thanks. of that. Maybe I need some more of that. So it's on Audible, I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh, if you, you want to lay in bed. You- if you want to lay in bed and drift off to the sweet sound of my voice, you have Come that on. option. <laughs> Come on, baby. Come on. That's all, that's all I've ever wanted, man. But, like, in all seriousness, <laughs> episode 60, Noah, this has been enlightening. This has been refreshing. This has been amazing. And uh, before we wrap up, shout out my guy, Paul Brown, from the Cleveland Browns as well for episode 60. I didn't forget about my guy, Paul. But, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. Love you guys. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Hey, keep going, guys. guys. Thank y'all. Thank you, Noah. Thank you.